you are listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. I'm Elena Paventa, Executive Communication Coach and TEDx Organizer. With each episode, I'll share with you communication tips and ideas from top business leaders to help you excel in your career. Hello, hello. Welcome to the next episode of Ideas and Leaders podcast. Today, I have a great guest, and this is Lisa Marie Platsky. She left her career as a federal law enforcement officer after 9-11 to become the CEO of international leadership development company Upside Thinking. Lisa Marie is an award-winning leadership expert recognized by the White House and Small Business Administration. Wow, Lisa Marie, I'm so happy to have you on Ideas and Leaders today. Thank you, Dr. Elena. I'm just delighted to be here with you. So, um, Lisa Marie, you're, you are passionate about leadership, just as uh, I am, and I, I think that even much more, uh, looking at your impressive bio and what you're doing, I would really like to talk about your approach to leadership and uh, how do you see leaders in, in a challenging world, as, as we have, a lot has changed in the last couple of years and it is so hard for business leaders for corporate leaders right now so i think that all leaders want to have an impact in their organizations in the world so do you think it is now harder for leaders to actually have a great impact i love this question because there are levels to leadership or layers to leadership and so the idea of leadership years ago was so centered around a title around what somebody's title was and whether or not that made them the leader and that so is not leadership in today's world what your title is matters less than whether or not people are following you leadership is You know, if you're if you're somebody that doesn't have followers, you look behind you and there's nobody who's going where you're going. Well, you're not the leader, no matter what you call yourself. And when we look at impact as being the next component, I see that that's influence. And then impact is how do you do that? How do you become somebody where you the work that you do, the the words that you use, they create legacy and impact in order to make a bigger positive difference in the world. And so today, when you speak about challenges and what's changed and what's been going on, there's been, there've been so many unique facets to what's happened globally for leaders to contend with on a daily basis. And depending on how many tools you've got in your toolbox, depending on how you actually utilize your own leadership wisdom, your leadership IQ depends on how many people are actually following you and want to go where you're going within your organization or whether you have a business and you've got people that are seeking to be your client. And that is dependent upon how much impact you actually have in the world and whether or not the work that you're doing is actually meaningful. So it's, it's just such a, it's, it's, um, It's something where I see that without impact, I, I think that you're you're missing out on the meaning piece. Yes, absolutely. And uh, I think that, as you mentioned, they, there are layers to leadership. So can you uh, 
expand on this? Can you say, say something more about those layers? What do you think, or the levels of leadership? How do you, how do you see it? That's where I see that leadership is somebody makes the decision that they say, okay, I want to be someone who, who is a leader and I'm going to put in these pieces in, in, into, in place. And there are, uh, there's, there's tactical steps to leadership. And there's also steps to what I call the beingness of leadership. Uh, and the tactical steps on, on being a leader, the, the how-to steps. For myself, I had a journey where I was involved in leadership through um, what I would call, and it's certainly not accident, but I, I, I was failing at uh, or truly struggling when I was in federal law enforcement. And so I wanted to figure out, you know, how do you get to be somebody who's a leader worth following? How do you get to be somebody who's that kind of a leader? And so, so that, and, and that's what I would say is sort of the, the beginning, beginning piece of leadership is, you know, how do you figure out what are those components? And so for myself on my journey, I went and signed up for a leadership development program where there were a series of assessments. And the assessments are often based on a variety, you know, bodies of research. So each assessment has a body of research. I happen to love Kozis and Posner's work. They have four qualities of leaders uh, that are most important. One is integrity. Second step, or this not step, but the second component that research shows is most important is forward thinking. And that's that visionary. The third one is inspiration, not necessarily charisma. But somebody that's inspiring or has can have an inspiring vision to get behind. And four is competence. So as I'm in this leadership development training and I'm going through the programs, and like I said, each one, whether it was Myers-Briggs that we took or whether it was a, a profile or assessment, there was one assessment that we got the results back and the it was not pretty. It was really not pretty. The instructor shouted out to the class that I was a zero. And it's incredibly painful to share that because that part of my life, it, just to, to go back to that, she didn't stop there. She continued on with the feedback that was given and pretty much said that, you know, I wasn't somebody who liked to be around people and I certainly didn't want to spend time with people, which really was so not true at all. It was just simply that there were walls that I had built to keep myself safe that actually kept me away from having a meaningful and happy life. And so I had a conversation with myself that went something like this, you know, Lisa, you might be incredibly strong and tough. You might be smart and right, but you're going to be alone and dead if you don't figure out how to connect. And if you don't figure out how to be somebody who can be a leader that's worth following. And so on that journey, I did a lot of research. That's where I found Kozis and Posner. That's where I found other people. I studied leadership, thousands of hours of studying leadership and studying connection and positioning. And ultimately, the steps that I took were about getting curious, getting curious about what mattered to other people, paying attention to how people spoke and how they being able to speak to their listening. And what ended up happening is doors open. I became somebody who was the fastest promoted officer at the time in my, well, in my position, promoted very, very quickly with less than four years into my first uh, supervisory position and then climbed the ranks from there. And 
And so that idea of leader worth following and those tactical skills, those are the ones that open doors immediately. And then after that, to be somebody who is a greater influencer from leader is somebody an influencer. What you're doing and what you share actually matters to more people. You're you're now at the place where you're looking to build partnerships with other people so that the influence that you have actually has the ability to touch more lives. And then once you move on to the next layer of leadership, you know, I see that as being somebody who's a world changer. There's the leader, the influencer, and the world changer. And the world changer is what you spoke about, which is the impact. And to be somebody who actually has impact, you not only have to have influence, you have to have, and you not only have to have this idea of connection, you have to have you have to have this understanding of yourself that's that beingness of leadership an understanding of yourself so 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 well that you're not in the tactical doingness of leadership you're actually embodying it and you're modeling it by how you live your life by how you you actually show up in the world and i would say that percentage of leaders that i've found that actually take that journey and do it well is a very small percentage Because the beingness of leadership versus the doing and the tactical side requires doing work on our, on yourself, work on, on forgiveness, work in transparency, vulnerability. Those are layers that even themselves continue on their layers to vulnerability and forgiveness and transparency with, and it doesn't really matter whether or not the person is someone who works in a company and is a leader C-suite on down, or whether it's somebody who has a business and is looking to attract greater talent or whether or not there's someone who's seeking to have, have a greater, you know, a, a more, um, robust clientele. It doesn't matter. These are skills that without them, you can only go so far. John Maxwell speaks about it as the law of the lid. You hit the lid and there's only so far that you can go regardless of how much motivation you have, how much drive you have, how hard you work. If you you hit the leadership lid. And so that's what I really see as these layers of leader, influencer, world changer, where you're, you're really using your impact, you're using your influence to make a greater impact in the world. Yeah, yeah, it is amazing that we need to start from ourselves. And we need to understand ourselves, because very often, we think as as a new leaders, new team leaders, uh, we start thinking about uh, how to motivate people, how to uh, conduct meetings, and all of those, you know, technical things. But in fact, we need to understand ourselves and understand what kind of leader we can be because we cannot be someone else. Very often we try to model someone we know, but everyone is different. And you mentioned vulnerability. It is very interesting because leaders are usually... uh, perceived as and and we want as as leaders we want to be perceived as strong leaders who know where we're we know where we are going we know the goals we are leading everyone and vulnerability is something that is very often especially uh, in the corporate world it is it is hard to to be vulnerable leaders so 
uh, do you think it is it is an an important asset for a leader? And if yes, then why? Yeah, I. So when I first opened my business 16 years ago, I wanted to figure out what do you do to how do you how do you create a shortcut? You know, here I am. I'm coming from federal law enforcement. How do I open my business and 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 be able to do it so that it can grow quickly. What are, what, what is it? And so I started to interview leaders and I came up with seven pillars of leadership. And then after I had those seven pillars of leadership and really recognized what you said, that need for going into self, that, that idea of really who, who am I and better understanding who I am, not modeling after somebody else, I went, so what are the leaders who are the most courageous do? Like the ones that you just go, wow, like that person's not just good. They're incredible. Like I so want to work with them. They are just this amazing, courageous leader worth following. And so I started to study, are there different characteristics of courageous leaders? Are there different characteristics of courageous leaders that are worth following? And there were, and there were three. And the second one was vulnerability. And what was so interesting about that was vulnerability is often, there's a, there's a, mis, there's a, there's a misperception of what it actually is. Now, the definition of it is to place oneself in, in harm, in harm's way. And that's not that doesn't sound exciting. That doesn't sound like you would want to do it, even for myself. I mean, I, I have no desire for people to see me as vulnerable. I would much rather have somebody see me as strong. And I spent the majority of my life working on that so that people would see me as um, both in law enforcement and in business, as somebody who had the answers, as somebody who got it right, as somebody who was the, you know, the A plus a student, somebody who was the, uh, who, you know, who could be counted on. And so the idea of vulnerability when I was doing this research was not like, yay, this is a good thing. It was more like, oh, well, what is that about? So I recognized the more that I had conversations with people, it's not a marketing tactic. It's not something that you put on and you take off, meaning you put it on and go, okay, I'm going to be vulnerable now. Okay, I'm going to take it off. And now I'm not vulnerable. It's so much a way of being. And it's how you model your vision. So vision was the first part of courageous leadership. And the second part was vulnerability because it's how it gets modeled. Vulnerability only happens when forgiveness is present. And so that means self-forgiveness. That means forgiveness of others. That means truly looking at the places in your life that are out of alignment, alignment with your core values, aligned with whatever it is that you are most taking a stand for in the world. And so when I looked at, well, why, you know, why this person at this company, why, why them or why this entrepreneur, why this business owner? Why do they seem to have people who come to them and say, I want to work for you? Why do they have people who are constantly reaching out and saying, I want to, I want to, to transfer onto your team? Why, why are they organizations that truly are what I would call pandemic proof? Like they're not ones that are struggling. What is it in that leader? And this level of vulnerability is one where in modeling it, they're not looking to prove that they're perfect. They're not looking to prove they have all the answers. They're looking to take responsibility and look inside themselves and go, okay, 
you know, where is it that I'm not in full alignment? And they're sharing that in a way that doesn't erode trust. Rather, it builds connection and allows for it to be seen as a strength. Yes, I think that the best leaders that um, I worked with they are most definitely vulnerable leaders who say that, yes, I'm not perfect. I don't know all the answers. And they are looking for the answers from their team, right? They are cooperating. They are, um, I, when I was working with such leaders, I, will, I always uh, felt safe. And I felt that uh, I, am, I matter, even though I, I did not, sometimes I was, the, you know, somewhere in the lower position, but I always, always felt that, yes, I matter. I'm very important person in this team because this leader always just told me about this. And I, I, th- I really appreciate, I can think of two people in my life that I, I was working with. Um, and I think that this vulnerability, it really gives us a lot as leaders, we get not only we get followers, but uh, we also can always also build really great teams out of such motivated people. When they feel that they mean something, they are important. They are being trusted. This amazing what can happen. And um, uh, uh, Lisa Marie, I wanted to ask you about the current pandemic times. So, what do you think? Uh, because it is important as a leader to connect, to create uh, meaningful relationships. Mm, how can we do it in the current times of pandemic when a lot of work is happening online and we have a lot of challenges connected with this? You speak about this in terms of there being a you know, changes, changes that are going on in more time, more screen time, more time that is spent outside of a traditional office, more time that is spent disconnected from others. And that's the important piece to remember is that when you're looking at deepening relationships and you're looking at, you know, how do I, how do you know, what, what are the steps that I would take? It's, one connection's got to be important to you. And so I, I often say that there are, you know, there are blunders that people make when they're looking to connect with people. And in the connections, whether it's a team member, whether it's a family member, whether it's, you know, peer to peer, boss to employee, it, that, that's really important is understanding number one, what, where your heart lies, because people get behind where your heart lies, not your knowledge. And that's that safety part that you spoke about, feeling that you matter, feeling that you're a VIP. And so going back to the connection part and the connection in, in the times that we're in, it really doesn't matter whether or not somebody's online or whether they're in, in, in person. You can tell how they make you feel. You can tell how important they make you feel by how attentive they are, by how present they are, by how in the moment they are. And that goes back to, um, you know, I, I shared the blunders that people people make. I said that there's, you know, there's four blunders. And so, you know, the, the, the first one is that people who are, you know, they're, they're not in a place of asking questions. They're more sharing more about themselves versus curiosity. 
And that's, you know, one of the blunders that somebody makes in, in deepening that or building the relationships. Like I say, whether it's a team member. And I, I was, you know, I was at, I, I was one of my examples of, of me not doing that and not doing that well at work. And the second thing is operating on that channel WIFM, which is what's in it for me. And by doing that, you're, you're not, um, not only you're not asking questions, but you're also so focused on sharing your own, your own stuff. And the third one is about operating, always being more interested in others than being interesting to them. These little things that you can do to, to allow for deeper connection. So whenever I have a meeting with somebody showing up here to be, to be with you, whenever I have something, it's, it's, am I in a place that can be distractionless as much as possible? I mean, things come up, but as much as possible so that what you're communicating is you're important. And so when you talked about the manager and the, and the person who made you feel that way, even though you were um, at a, in a different, perhaps a place in the organization, it wasn't a peer, but it, rather it was a, uh, um, you know, a supervisor employee relationship. It, it, you can still feel important. You can still feel like a VIP and you get the opportunity to, to, to set up the environment for someone to feel that, to experience that. So I don't just have things on my calendar that I run out to do or go, oh my gosh, I have to go to this. I'm very intentional about what it is that I want to create in that experience. It doesn't matter who it is. If it's a conversation with somebody that's my executive assistant or whether or not it's somebody that's a potential client. And, and so, you know, that ties into your values and whether or not people are important. And all of this ties into my seven pillars of leadership. There's so much I could say about this, but I will, I will pause there because it's, it's just, it's a topic that's, um, I look at it as it doesn't have to be different in an online world. It's really how we make people feel. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I will ask you about your seven-step leadership model in a moment because I'm very interested in it. I wanted to tell your story, which actually happened today. I was in a call uh, with my colleague. We were talking and uh, he had a phone call and his daughter was calling. So he, he said, sorry, I ha have to pick it up. So he, he picked it up and then when he understood that there is no emergency, probably, he said, uh, I'm sorry, I'm in a very important meeting right now. Can I call you back in a moment? And at this moment, I felt, oh, wow. Uh, I think that this is what we want uh, to make other people feel whether it is you know recording a podcast whether it is just having casual conversation whether it is a team meeting so we want to be to for every meeting to be a very important meeting and to make other people feel like that we want to make other people feel important and it really works miracles you know after someone tells that they are in a very important meeting uh, when talking to me you know this person just bought me and uh, uh, <laughs> I got several points to our relationship immediately so I think that yeah definitely it is it is very important can you share a little bit about your seven-step leadership model? I'm sure that we cannot tell about everything 
uh, during our podcast episode, but it would be great to get to know a little bit more about your model. Uh, we, we can't get through it all. I mean, I actually have a three-day conference, my Upside Summit, that I, you know, that I go through the seven pillars. And even then I have, uh, you know, in three days, I'm still um, going, gosh, I wish I had more time. So you're right. You won't be able to do that. However, I will give you them and give you a way to be able to like use, use them right away. Like give you, give you something that you can put in, into place with that. And, um, you know, I, I just want to say, Dr. Elena, that the, the story that you shared is, is exactly the reason why these seven pillars to me are, are important because if, if we can look at the, the, the reason why leadership, you know, what leadership is all about, it's, I see it as to make the world better. I see it as to use our gifts and abilities and talents and experiences to, to be a force for good in the world. And sometimes it's as simple as exactly what you experience is just telling people that they're important and, and being present, being present for them. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going um, to get into that because it's important. It's, it is part of those seven pillars. So pillar one is starting with a written plan and a written plan does not have to be complicated. It's beginning with the end in mind. The exercise that I would give you as, as sort of an immediately implementable strategy is writing down, I was this, I am this, I want to be this. Meaning like, what's the past? What's the present? And what's the future? So that you're really clear about your vision. You were here. I, for me, I was in law enforcement. Here was my background. Here's where I am now. And here's where it is that I want to be. That's it. Doesn't have to be a complicated plan. Like sometimes people go, how many pages does it have to be? No, you just have to simply know what's your end in mind. Where are you going? So that's number one. Number two is understand your personality. And we talked about it a little bit. There are things that how you operate that will get in the way of your plan. There are ways that you operate that will help you get closer to whatever it is that you want. Understand who you're not. Understand who you are. My three core values are excellence, accountability, and responsibility. It's who I want to work with. It's who's on my team. Be really clear about your, your personality and, and who you're not and who you are. The third pillar is creating powerful partnerships. And with partnership, it requires connection. And we've talked about that quite a bit. You know, how you make people feel. Things that get in the way of connection that actually lead to partnership. The fourth one is live your priority. The word is priority, not priorities. So one thing, what's the one thing that you're moving towards? And everyone, that changes, and it changes moment for moment. And do you know what that one thing is in the moment that you're moving towards? There's three components to presence. Excuse me, there's, there's, there's um, one big thing with priority, and that is understanding the one thing that you're moving. Um, number five is creating a meaningful and memorable presence. And there's three components to presence. I was jumping ahead there. Um, and one of those we've, you know, was, is being in the moment. Another one is positioning, understanding what to say, who to say it to, when to say it, how to say it. And the other one has to do with gratitude, being grateful for every single experience that you have. And there are things to do around that. How I keep gratitude front and center is every single day I wrote, write down what I'm grateful for. And maybe you've heard that. Maybe it's something that sounds so basic, but you just don't do it. 
it allows me to, at the end of every single day, when I write down five things that I'm grateful for, sometimes six, sometimes 10, always five, I write it down and it allows me to go, regardless of what happened during the day, here's what it is that I, in this moment, can, can remember that has gone really well. Number six happens to be one of my favorites, and it's evaluate your progress. It's the profit piece for people who are small business owners and entrepreneurs, and for people who work for companies, it's important to understand that evaluation doesn't happen once a year at an annual review. Every single day, you have the opportunity to evaluate whether you're getting further away from what you want or closer to what you want. That's the reason why we start with the plan. What is it? Where are you going? And every day, I'm asking myself, is this thing that I'm doing right now, is this podcast and being with you getting me closer or further away like it's constantly me looking and evaluating wh whether I'm where I'm going I've got five questions and um, if, if you want them I can send them to you there it's just what do you actually use to evaluate your progress and number seven is investing in personal or professional development investing in something that's in industry specific and something outside your industry every single year once a year, put it on your calendar. What are you going to do to invest in yourself? I take time off. I fly to places. I go travel far away. And people say, what in the world are you doing there? Was that for fun? Yes, it was for fun. And it was, it was for business primarily. And I make it fun. Everything I do is fun. And it was a work event. So understanding that you've got to invest in yourself. When I was not doing well and I was struggling in law enforcement, I mentioned I went to that leadership academy. I didn't, that was an academy that I paid for. It was something that I signed up for. The government didn't sign up for me. I knew that I needed to do something for me. And oftentimes people look for their employer or someone else to do something. Investing, if you truly want to be a leader worth following, these seven pillars of leadership, I saw it in research in the research I did with hundreds of leaders. And this is something that they all subscribe to. And so, um, like I say, so much more I can say at my Upside Summit, we spend three days on this and, and that will at least give you some action items to put this in place and right now. It's a, few, a few short hacks. Yes, perfect. Thank you so much for giving us tip of the iceberg of, of uh, your seven-step model and I really love it I love all those steps and I think it is so important to be able to implement it to practice it this is uh, this is crucial and I think that every step is just as important as, as uh, all the other ones so uh, Lisa Marie uh, thank you so much for sharing a lot uh, on Ideas and Leaders podcast. If our listeners want to know more about your model, want to know more about you, how can they contact you? Um, best way to find me is at upsidethinking.com, U-P-S-I-D-E, and the word thinking, T-H-I-N-K-I-N-G.com. And on there, there is a, an influential leadership blueprint that you can have as my gift. Uh, and the blueprint actually talks about what happens if your things are working out for you and they're good and you'd really like for them to be great? How do you do that? And how do you increase your own influence? There's three case studies in there, really easy blueprint. And there's actually, I love immediately implementable. I love like things to do and to take action immediately. So there's, it's actually worksheets that you can fill out with that as well. And you can find me on Facebook or LinkedIn. We were talking about that. I, those are my two favorites. 
Perfect, perfect. We will share the links to your profiles uh, for sure in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the podcast and for sharing all those golden nuggets with us. So much, Dr. Elaine. A pleasure being here. Thank you for listening to Ideas and Leaders podcast. Did you enjoy this episode? Let me know that you listened by tagging me in your LinkedIn profile and using a hashtag Ideas and Leaders. See you in the next episode.